Hey, it's Fabian here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. church so if you stick with us here at harvest graduate once you graduate you get to come to us on the second friday of each month um, for our harvest young adults man you guys ready to get something from god tonight yeah. yeah i think he has something just for you tonight so if you feel comfortable each and every one of you just bow your heads but if you feel comfortable lift your hands right now lift them to, lift them up to heaven heavenly father i thank you jesus that you are so good i thank you god that you have a word just for us i thank you god that you know each and every one of us in the room tonight personally intimately and i thank you lord that you will speak to our hearts lord we have ears to hear this morning so god open the eyes of our understanding that we would know what is the hope of your calling what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe Leave. I thank you, Jesus, that we're growing, that we're going forward. We're not going back. We're above. We're not beneath. And Lord, in you, all we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, Amen. All right, you can have your seats. Thank you, guys. God is so good. Every time I open up the Scripture to read my Bible, all right, somebody needs to hear this tonight. Every time I open up the Bible to read it. I don't just pick something blindly and open it up, but even if I did, before I do, I pray God, I said, Lord, help me to do this, okay? Ask the Holy Spirit to help me to understand what you're speaking to me, and that's exactly what we did. So Fabian hit this tonight, love God, love people, live with purpose, and my assignment tonight is to talk to you about loving God. I love the vision of this house. I love, love God, love people, live with purpose, because... My personality, growing up, I always wanted to be so sure that I was doing everything God wanted me to do. I wanted to make sure I was in my purpose. And uh, how many of you have questions, have questioned before, man, am I really going after what God is purposing for me? Like, you can be honest. It's okay. I've been there before. And it's, it's a question that you're asking so often in your life. But one thing that I've found true when I've come to Harvest Church and really started to study love God, love people, live with purpose, is that loving God and loving people will position you to walk out your purpose. You will never be able to find your purpose apart from loving God and loving people. So this month is vital. Continue to come back every week. If you're here tonight for the first time, come back next Wednesday because this builds upon itself so that you can live the life that Jesus created you to live, okay? Number one is loving God and loving people. What do you mean by positioning yourself to do it? Um, Anybody follow sports in here? Okay, all right, very good. So if somebody is out of position on defense and I'm out of position, it makes it easier for them to score and me to get beat, correct? So that's what I mean by loving God and loving people. That's why I did my, my feet like this. Positions you to walk out the purpose, okay? So tonight, we're going to love God, love people. Deuteronomy 6.5 says this. We'll throw it up on the screen. Deuteronomy says this about loving God. Okay, here we go. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
That's scripture right there. Deuteronomy 6, 5, right from the beginning. Jesus uh, repeats this um, in his ministry when, when he comes to the earth. But from the, basically the very beginning of scripture, it was declared, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And if someone were to read that, as I have in the past, and just looked at that and just said, okay, I got to do my best to do this. I got to give it everything I got, right? That's what he means. Well, yeah, but if you look at this a little bit closely, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Scripture tells us that we are a three-part being, that you are a spirit. You will live forever. Whether it's uh, after, after we pass away here on earth, you're going to go somewhere, whether it's in heaven or to hell, but you will live for eternity, and that part of you is your spirit, man. It is the real you. It is that your spirit, man, is who God recreates. When, he, when you ask him to be Lord over your life, he makes you a brand new person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is who you are at the very core of you. So love the Lord your God with all your heart. That means in, at this point in Scripture, this is Deuteronomy, this is the Old Testament, they needed a new creation on the inside. And the way we do that is accept Jesus. But to love your heart with all, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Your soul is the second part of who you are made, and that is your mind, your will, and your emotions. What you think, your feelings, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Loving God, and I, I would say our generation has a very difficult time loving the Lord your God with all their soul. We want, our, we want to love us with our soul. We want to love us with our, with our mind, with our will, and our, what's best for me? What's best for the feeling that I'm having right now? Well, there's, we can learn to love the Lord our God with how we think. And the last one is with all your strength. That doesn't just simply mean just with everything you got. If I were to, if I were to have to show a, a ton of strength, I would have to exert within myself a bunch of energy. This is simply just with your body. So we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in this body. It's an earth suit. It's going to go back to dust one day. But that doesn't mean that, it's that we need to neglect it to not love the Lord your God with all your strength or your body, the things that you do, okay, the things that you do. So we, I, want, I want to check out um, Genesis chapter 22. So if you've got your Bible apps, you guys got your Bible, Bible apps, yeah? Genesis 22 is where we're going to be going tonight. Yeah, go ahead. Dig it out. I love it. Get the scripture in front of your face. Genesis 22, I'm going to go ahead and read for the sake of time, but, it, but we're going to be talking about Abraham. And as we read through this, I want to point out loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, okay, to learn how to do this well. So Abraham, before, I guess I said I was going to start reading, but you need a little bit of background. Abraham used to be called Abram. And God came and visited him, visited him and said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Which is like, whoa, I'm going to be rich. Nice. That was not Abraham's response. He was very humble. Okay, we'll see that. But when you, someone tells you, Solomon, you're going to be a father of many nations, you're like, whoa, I'm going to have a lot of money. I'm going to have a lot of responsibilities, what I would think. Like, golly, I don't know what that many kids. But um, thanks for the courtesy laugh. Um, but... Uh, but, but Abraham is, has this blessing from God is like, look, I'm going to bless you. And I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham, which literally means father of many nations. And he's going to do it through this son named Isaac. He's going to do it through one son 
and it's going to go through this. And so Isaac was a miracle baby. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, had Isaac at the age of 99 years old. Well, she conceived at 99, maybe it was 100 by the time they had her. But I cannot imagine, I, I'm getting ready to turn 34 this year, and I'm like, I'm done, I'm done, bro. I'm done. I got two, I'm good. 99? And then a promise of doing it forever? Now, okay, that's, that's something, Right? And so they had this baby, miracle baby, in all the sense of the world. And so if God has done something so miraculous in your life, wouldn't you think that that would be something cherished, that you would want to cherish, correct? But look at what God does here, and uh, look what he says to Abraham here in chapter 22. And starting in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And, uh, and God said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah to offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Like, do what? Like, you want, to, you want me to go and offer my son as a, as a sacrifice? What? And what's crazy is that verse 3 doesn't say what I just said. Like, and Abraham was very confused. No. It says, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place which God had told him to. And verse 4 says, and on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. It took him three days to get there. Like this was a journey that you would be thinking about. Like walking with my son, like awkward, right? Like very awkward. Where are we going, Dad? Well, we're going to... We're going to go burn this wood. She brings s'mores. Sorry. No, no. Abraham said to his son, this is verse 5, Abraham said to his, uh, to, to his young men, stay here with the donkey. And the lad, the lad and I will go, go yonder. I'm in the New King James. I don't know what y'all got up here. We're going to go up there and worship, and we will come back to you. All right? So, Abraham and his son start heading out that way. So Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. This is a picture of the heavenly father sending Jesus to the cross. This is what this is. Don't miss this. He put the wood on Isaac. What did Jesus do on the way to Calvary? He carried his cross, right? This is what this is a picture of. So again, verse 6, so Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in hand, he took a torch and a knife, and the two of them went together. And then Isaac gets, we get, we get going, and in verse 7, Isaac spoke up to his dad, Abraham, and he said, Father, uh, and, and, and he said, here I am, my son, Abraham said, and he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Like, Isaac's starting to put two and two together here. Like, what, what's going on? Look at Abraham's response. I could not imagine as a father, guys. I got two kids. I got a four-year-old and a six-year-old. No way. No way. Could I look my son in the face and be like, this is, this is unbelievable to me. I just, it's so amazing. This is why they call Abraham the father of faith. And Abraham said to his son, after, after Isaac's like, what's going on here? My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. 
the two of, and, and so the two of them went together. Let's put a pin in it right there. This is the first thing I want to talk about. Love Jesus or love God with the things that you say. It was crucial how Abraham responded with his words. Loving, pe- loving someone with, your, with their words does not, it's, it's not just bound to giving them adoration or affectionate words. Those feel nice. And if you're a words of affirmation person like I am, it's great to hear. But love is so much more than that. Was Abraham was loving God with his words here, but was he even directly speaking to God? No, but was his words honoring to God? Yes, because he spoke the truth of God's character in the midst of a situation where he was simply trying to be obedient, not even understanding the outcome. Because what's so easy for us to do? If we get put in a situation, like literally, try, try to put yourself in Abraham's shoes tonight, okay? I want you guys to see this. If you're put in a situation like that, and your son comes to you and is like, hey, I see the fire in the wood. What's going on? I mean, would it be so easy to be like, all right, um, you know what? I, let's just not do it. Forget it. Right, that would be probably my response. I'm just going to be real with you. Or it would be like, I don't even know. I don't even know another response. But something out of your mouth that wouldn't glorify God. Would have glorified God for Abraham to turn away? No. But what did he say? He put his trust, he put his mouth where his trust is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the reason why I'm saying that the heart is connected to what you say, because in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus is clear that out of the good treasure, out of a man's heart, good things will come out. He'll speak good things. But out of the evil treasure of a man's heart, he will speak evil things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Now, this would resonate with you if you understood the power of your words. How did, how did God Almighty create everything that we see? What did he do? He spoke. Let there be light. Boom, there was light. He spoke creation. Moses was kept out of the promised land because God asked him to speak to the rock. Instead, he hid it. And it kept, kept him from his promise. He didn't use his words properly. He tried to do it another way. Your words are vital. Scripture says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. But how do we train our mouth to speak? Well, Jesus is clear. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, let's be real. People can say pretty much whatever they want to for a certain amount of time. Like, people can put on a front, and people can put on a face. But if you hang around people long enough, what's in their heart will come out. If you, if you hang around people long enough to see them pressed, to see them in situations where they're a little, fr- you start to see some real things coming out of them. And as believers and as those who love God, Jesus has redeemed everything on the inside of you. Everything on the inside of you. What, what, is, what God is renewing in you is happening from the inside out if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not broken anymore. You're whole. But God is changing you from the inside out. And I would suggest this to you. The number one thing that he would begin to change is how you talk. But you got to let him. The people who love you the most 
All right, think about someone that's close to you. That you say, okay, yeah, I, I, would, I would consider this is probably the person I know that loves me more than anybody else on the face of this earth. Do they not talk well about you even when you're not in the room? Not even directly to you, they still talk about. How do you talk about God? Even if you feel like you're just talking to someone else. Because here's the thing. God's listening. I'm not, I'm not saying that to scare you. It's just a fact. So the number one way, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And because Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, I think a great way to love, love, the God, love our God with our heart is to consider the words that we speak. And I'm going to tag this on with this point, and I would say this. Make sure that the people that you're hanging around with are people who care about what comes out of your mouth. Who will hold you accountable to what comes out of your mouth. Because look, I know how it is to have friends where it's comfortable to do things that aren't holy. And you're like, man, it feels good to hang out with this crowd because I can be myself. I can just lay back and I can talk however I want to and I can laugh at whatever joke I want to. We can watch movies and we're cool with it. And then we go to church on Wednesday nights and on Sundays and we'll go to youth camp and we'll be crying at the altar. But then when we come back, we're hanging around with people who are comfortable enough because they're not holding you accountable to what's coming out of your mouth. And if you don't have those people, be that person and make the change with you First, you're going to have to lead yourself first before you start leading the ones around you. I cannot tell you. I ran into some, when I went to Bible college, it wasn't necessary. Man, the college that I went to, I went to Raymond Bible College, and it changed my life. But one of the greatest reasons that me going to college changed my life, other than the college itself, is that I met a person that I could see his devotion to Jesus. And what he said and how he acted, and, and it wasn't a front. I was like, wow, you know how to love Christ. I want to. Because if you're anything like me, there's something in you that says, I want to follow Jesus with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Some things are caught before they're learned or before they're taught. And if you would put yourself around people who would help hold you accountable to what comes out of your mouth, that's step number one. Let's keep reading with this story. So Abraham, let's read again what Abraham said. Man, this is such a statement of faith. Abraham said to his son, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. So they came to the place, he and Isaac, which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife. This is verse 10. Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. Man, he tied his son up, put him on the wood, and pulled the knife back. But in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called out, to Ab called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And so he stopped and he said, here I am. And the angel of the Lord said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went up, took the ram, and offered it, to the, uh, offered it as a burnt uh, offering to the, instead of his son. 
he goes on to say, this is Jehovah Jireh, Lord, my provider. This is where we learn one of the names of the Lord, Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. And, and the angel of the Lord says to Abraham, again, jumping down to verse 16, he says, by myself I have sworn these days to the Lord because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of the sea, seashore, and, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. There's two more things we need to learn about loving God. Number one was doing what? Love Jesus with our what? Words. Okay, very good. Love Jesus with your words. Number two is love Jesus or love the Lord your God with all your soul. Love Jesus with how you think. Okay? If you got your Bible app, let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. It's... First and second Timothy, after you pass through that, Titus, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 17. It says this, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he, uh, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Verse 19 concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. So verse 19, look at this. Abraham, this, this translation, New Living Translation says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. Where do you reason? Where do you do your reasoning? It's not a trick question. In your mind. You reason in your mind. How would someone be able to come to the conclusion that Abraham did in their mind? Follow me. He had a relationship with God that would have told him that this conclusion was even possible. At Abraham's point, leaders in the room, check me on this. But at this point in Abraham's life, I don't know that there was a recorded, there was not a recorded miracle of someone being brought back to life at that point. This was the first. That's never been done before. He believed God could do something that has never been done before. At that point, never seen it done before. But how could he get there? His mind was in sync. He understood the character of God. And so, therefore, his thoughts and how he thought toward the Lord put him in a position of faith that not only brought him blessing, but set an example or, or, set, or, or became a, a type and a shadow of what Jesus wanted to do from, the, from when man sinned from the very beginning. And that was come to the, go to the cross so that we could live life and life eternity, for eternity. Life and life abundantly. But he did it with what? With his words. Number one was his words and with how he thought. He reasoned that he came to this conclusion. Let me say this. If you aren't meditating on the word, if you're not thinking about the word, when I say meditate, that's a scriptural term that means to think about or to mutter. I'm not talking about some Eastern religion where we fix our fingers and just hum. It's not what I'm talking about. But if you would think about the word, 
If you would think about the scripture, what he says about you, what he says about him, and how that applies to your situation, maybe you would come to a similar conclusion that Abraham did instead of thinking, God doesn't care about me, he doesn't see me in this position, and this is impossible. No, we serve the God that calls things that be not as though they were. We serve the God who makes impossible things possible. We serve the God who created all of creation from nothing simply by speaking it. And the very words that he used to create everything, John 1 says that it put on flesh and went to the cross for me and you so that we can live life and life abundantly. That's where we have to think about these things. Put up Philippians 4, uh, 4, 8, Rachel, if you don't mind. Philippians 4, verse 8. Look what it says there. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, right, pure, and loving, uh, lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Stop thinking about everything that's wrong and stop and start considering the one who loves you more than anything else we have to love the lord our god with how we think toward him abraham's mind was already made up about god he didn't allow the circumstance to change what he already knew about god too often we say, okay, yeah, Lord, man, wow, you are so good, man. I was listening to Michael last Wednesday, and it was like, yeah, my God can do anything. But then we get into a situation, and it was like, and then we start thinking, what? God, I thought you could do anything. What? A... No. Hebrews 10 says to hold fast the profession of our faith knowing that the one who is promised is faithful to fulfill it. Scripture also says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's faithful to finish it. So if you start down the path of loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, don't stop just because your mind says that it can't be done. Don't lean on your own understanding, but lean on to who God is because every promise fulfilled to you will be done through loving him. Man, and the last one is this. How am I doing on time? The last one is this. Love Jesus with what you do. Come on, guys, eyes up here. Some of y'all dozing off on me. Right here. Love Jesus with what you do. Loving God with our strength is loving him with our actions. Not simply how strong and how capable you are. God isn't looking for you to prove your capability. God is looking for you to be humble enough to surrender, to allow your weaknesses to be his strength and allow him to be, bring his glory through you. You don't have to show off to God. 
You don't have to show how, how holy you can be. Stop trying to do that. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do you know one of the reasons why I think that that is so, so true? Is because he carried the burden. He carried the cross himself. Didn't open his mouth. Didn't swing back at the people that were punching him in the face. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy that was set before him was your opportunity to live life and life abundantly. And for the record, what is life? I've said that multiple times. Life and life abundantly. It looks like peace. It looks like honest and authentic joy. It looks like being full of the Holy Spirit. It looks like not being afraid anymore. It looks like anxiety not dictating your next move and where you're going to go to college or where you're, what profession you're going to be in. Oh, I could never do that. My anxiety would just wouldn't let me. Uh-uh. You're not bound by that any longer. Jesus has the plan. He knows the thoughts that he has towards you. Plans that has a hope and a future for you. But how do we position ourselves to walk out that purpose and to live that purpose? Love God. First and foremost, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with what you do, with your actions. God is not asking us to love him with all our striving. Again, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. God doesn't need us to be perfect. He sent Jesus for that. He wants our actions to line up with the grace that he's given us. Verse 15 through 18 in, in uh, Genesis 22, it says, The angel of the Lord again said to Abraham, um, this is, he says, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld your son, he's going to bless you and bless you and bless you. And at the very end, he says, Oh, excuse me, all because you've obeyed me. Was there a promise already given to Abraham beforehand? Yes, because he used to be Abram. And then there was a promise that said, you're going to be a father of many nations. But it wasn't until he acted like a father of many nations that he got to walk in the blessing coming forward. When you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. He did it when no one else was looking. It was only him and his son on the mountain. And he still had obedience. He wasn't waiting for a crowd of followers to try to prove his Christianity. Man, I tell you, so many influencers out there trying to prove their Christianity by how many followers they get. You kidding me? Can you do it when no one else is looking? <laughs> Isaiah chapter 66, God says this. He says, heaven is, my, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What are you as man going to build for me? What are you going to do for me? Do you not know that I literally sit on this thing? I reign over this. He says, no, my eye is looking for the one who, has, who is poor in a contrite spirit and one who trembles at my word. That's the one who his eye is looking for. Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites and pray out in the streets. They got their reward. When you pray, go close the door and talk to your father in secret. And the one who you seek in secret, he's the one who will reward you openly. Abraham did this when no one else was looking. He even told his other people, he said, you guys stay here. Me and, me and my son are going to go up here. And Jesus showed up. Obedience, integrity. 
ultimately, man, I know I'm preaching this message, so I'm really biased, but this is a really good point right here, y'all. Abraham ultimately chose to serve God above what God could give him. Man, if I was Abraham, I could imagine the temptation to serve God because he would make me a father of many nations. It's like, oh, oh, you got a track for me to be famous? Yes, sir, sign me up. And then you get halfway there, and he's like, yeah, why don't you sacrifice your son? The person who was excited about the fame would have never done what Abraham, wouldn't even got close. Abraham loved his God above what God would even give him. The promise that God could give him. Many Christians, and I understand it because what, what Jesus is saying, it's, he draws people to them. But, but when God says, I have peace for you, I have a new life for you, your past, it's, it, it doesn't mean anything anymore once you come to Christ. All things are done, and you come to God, and you're like, yes, 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 I want that, I want that. And then we step into, and then we start walking this life with Jesus, and we're like, yo, this is hard. And too many people get in that situation and say, you know what, man, I, this isn't what I signed up for. Listen, there is blessing in the life with Jesus beyond measure. It's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I mean, it's so much more where we can't even contain it. But the truth of the matter is this. I don't love God because of what he can give me. I love God because who he is and who he's proven himself to be. Do you know that we love God not just because we simply just, well, it's a good thing to do. Scripture says we love God because he first loved us. Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were enemies in our mind because of what we were doing, God still sent his son for you and for me, and there is no other love like that. So what response should I give to someone who would do that for me? Is it not in my own reason to just consider to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, and to see it to completion just like Abraham did, not in my own strength, but believing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, his joy and his love for you will never be found anywhere else. He is the prize. And if you've never received him, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I, I, I'm done talking tonight. You guys can stand up. If you've never received Jesus before, I want to give you an opportunity to do so. To do so. If you have received Jesus and you're like, man, I got I to gotta change what I, I need to repent. I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. Every head bow, every eye closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody in here. Out of respect for everybody in here.